Welcome to the AWM Players Wives series. Here we go behind the scenes with actual clients of ours and see how wives are doing in their daily life with professional baseball players. I'm your host, Josh McAllister. I'm here with Sarah Garver today. She is the wife of Texas Rangers catcher, Mitch Garver. Fun little fact, I actually grew up, so to speak, with Sarah and Mitch in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And so when I say I love her dearly, that is actually true. And our families go way back. But I believe they have a unique story to tell that will help a lot of people. And also paint a picture of really what a family looks like from the wife's perspective that does want to work, even in the midst of a lot of success with uh, the husband in this profession. So without further ado, Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. You didn't mention your dad married us. That is true. My dad, goes, yeah, that goes, is a that is a fun deal. Deep. It does go deep. Yeah, my dad, I, it, my dad's an attorney, and we, you know, growing up, we actually called him Judge Jamie, which was super fun. And I've never seen him more nervous than for the Garver wedding, <laughs> which is great, you know. Which I was like, you can't, you can't blow this. And he was like, yeah, exactly. I can't blow this. It's such a big deal, which was he did super a great fun. Job. He did because he practiced for for a very long time. Um, but anyway, Sarah, yeah, thank you for being here. Um, I'd love to just start with your guys' story. Uh, I start really with each interview here because I think it's impactful and compelling and it resonates with people. And so just from the get-go, start back even in college with you and Mitch. Well, it starts even before that, high school. So we met, technically we met way earlier in high school, but we didn't actually talk to each other until sophomore year of high school. I guess we we're 14, 15 years old. And we had a chemistry class together. And he, I always, you know, had a perception of him that he was a, a jock that wasn't very smart. And I was in school for school and wanted to That's do well. That's true. He, he's a jock and he's not very smart. Mitchell will be listening to this too. So, I mean, I can say that. No, right? it turns out he is extremely <laughs> smart. He is, he is he smarter is. than me. Yes. He was helping me with my chemistry homework. And it was those green eyes, man, I'm telling you, green eyes. Yeah, he was helping with my homework and everything. And then he got moved out of my class, which sucked. And I never really saw him. And I actually had one of my classes was a TA for the office. And I could take tickets to classrooms, you know, having to call students out or whatever. And so if there was ever during that period, a ticket to his class, I, that was mine. Like I let everyone else know that was my ticket. I would go and yeah, we hit it off. We dated, started dating. Um, definitely broke up a few times in high school. You know how that goes, boys. And then, you know, college came around and he was deciding where to go um, for baseball. He had a few, I don't know if there were technical offers or not, um, out of state which, you know, I had no say so in. He was going to do what he was going to do. I planned on going to UNM, University of New Mexico, in our home state for my own schooling. And that wasn't really like, I didn't plan on going anywhere else. And I probably wouldn't have changed that. Uh, but luckily, he ended up going to UNM as well. So we spent four years there in undergrad. And uh, he was drafted by the Twins in 2013 which was my last year of undergrad. He proposed to me that winter and I got into vet school at Oregon State about a week later. 
and planned on that. So 2014 started vet school. I was in Oregon for four years while Mitchell was working his way up the chain. So long distance for several years. And then we made our home base in Albuquerque, which is where we're from. And we were there a few years. We got married in 2015. Gosh, I had to think about that. 2015, we got married by Judge Jamie. And um, we just had our first baby in July of 2021. So um, been busy. We now reside in Aurora, Colorado. So we've moved up north a little bit, um, but I'm currently in Texas. Love it. That is the the short and sweet story, right, that I still have questions for, though we'll go back to. It is, it is funny. I mean, we both went to the same high school, right? And I actually played club ball with Mitch way back when, even before Sarah was, you know, we'll give Mitch an out, right? Like he actually set eyes on you and knew that he was going to marry you. He just didn't know it at the time, even just through the breakups. I married my high school sweetheart. Same thing happened. But um, <laughs> I digress. Going back to high school. So that was a time where, and, and specifically going to UNM, right? So Mitch made a decision to go there, and I believe he was a walk-on, actually. Yeah. Am, I, am yeah. I correct? Yep. Yeah, which was not a risk, but at the same time, there was no real pathway for Mitch. And I think if I can give the audience a story about Mitch and Sarah, or just more of a theme about Mitch and Sarah, overcoming adversity is what they've done time in and time out. And it is very apparent as you see it and we as we talk about Sarah's life. But talk about talk about college. Talk about how Mitch went through that and then specifically your feelings of the ebbs and flows of being a collegiate athlete. Yeah, I mean that was a lot on his plate, you know, as far as like us as a couple is perfectly fine. We made it work and, you know, he traveled a lot obviously with baseball and I had my goals, he had his, and we were able to both, you know, follow our dreams and make that work, which is great. He, Mitchell was not only a, you know, an athlete, he was a student as well. And, you know, without having a guarantee of baseball, he was working towards a degree. I mean, that was his plan, you know, baseball ended up working out and that's not always the case, but for him, it did. Um, he was like six credits short from graduating <laughs> with his degree in, in physical much. science. Yeah. Originally, he wanted to be a chiropractor and then he wanted to be a, a physical therapist. So he was working on on that. And, you know, being a walk on, he didn't have any, I mean, he didn't think he was going to continue to play baseball. It was just more so this, that's what he was doing because he enjoyed doing it. But he, he worked really hard and, and he did well in school on top of, of playing. And Mitch was a, it was drafted his senior year, correct? Yeah. So junior year, he was eligible, obviously, um, after being 21. And I don't know where he found this agent or how he, <laughs> maybe Josh, maybe, you know, I don't know the whole story behind that, but, oh man, that was, that was tough. I remember sitting with him on draft day and, you know, we weren't expecting, and this is junior year, we weren't expecting, you know, top 10 rounds or whatever, you know, that's on TV, whatnot. But he was just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting for the phone call. And you could tell as, as the rounds just kept going that he just was so sad. Like you could just see it. 
and disappointed. Sorry, my dogs are also cooperating. Um, You can just see the disappointment in his face and um, it got to the point where he's like, I just, I want to be alone. You know, I left and he ended up playing. You know, he didn't get drafted. We later found out this guy was kind of a, I don't even know what to call him. Not a real agent or not great. I don't know. Not truthful. Not truthful. And um, got rid of him. We found Fred, who we're still with, Fred Ray, who's amazing. And, you know, looking back on it, yes, that that sucked. And I know that was a really hard time for him because he had all these hopes that he was going to go his junior year. But through that, he had the opportunity to play in the Cape Cod League. And that's something that, you know, he wouldn't have been able to do. And he made a lot of great friends there, a lot of good relationships. He started working with Fred. And then he was drafted his senior year. Ninth round, I believe. Ninth round to the Twins. And it was very exciting. Was it ninth? Good enough, I think. Yeah, eighth, ninth, tenth, somewhere around there. Um, I think ninth. Ninth, yeah, ninth. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Sarah, because I, th- I, I remember talking with Mitch. And yeah, it, it, there is some disappointment that you have because Mitch had a great collegiate career. And far surpassed the walk-on status at UNM. And so, I mean, he, he was one of the more decorated catchers UNM has ever had and really one of the more decorated hitters University of New Mexico has ever had. And then to not get drafted your junior year, yeah, that's a, that's kind of a punch in the gut. And I would say more so there because there was this buildup of, oh, maybe it is a reality. Maybe I can continue to play the game that we all love a little bit longer. And then it's a no, which is difficult, hard, et cetera, just like you just talked about. I will also say that I love the fact that there's dogs in the background with Sarah because she's also a vet, which is what we're going to get into in, in in later in the episode. But before we do that, talk about getting drafted now and then getting into minor league ball with you getting into vet school and going through that. Yeah, so he was drafted in June or July of 2013. I was still finishing undergrad at UNM. I didn't graduate until 2014, or sorry, no, 2013 of December, which is practically 2014. So we got engaged that December, and I found out a week later that I was going to Oregon State. I hadn't committed officially until the following April and started my time at at Oregon State in 2014. So in 2013, he spent his first rookie season in Tennessee. I was still in New Mexico. I got to travel a little bit and see him, which was nice, um, you know, in between working and, and school. And then 2014, his first season was in Cedar Rapids. Yes, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So I was in Oregon. He was in Iowa. You know, we made it work. He was a few hours ahead. I would say the hardest year was the following year. He was in Florida and I was in Oregon. So we had quite a bit of time difference. And you know, I was so busy in school and, and then he would have his games really late at night. So obviously we made it work, but it was definitely harder uh, to communicate as no often. I don't know why Siri is also talking. Take that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was tough. And what was really hard is, you know, being a student and being in the minor leagues, we essentially made no money. I mean, we didn't have any money 
And of course, I had not a lot of flexibility, but more, you know, in comparison as far as what we were doing to be able to go see him. Um, I mean, when you're in the minors, you don't, you don't get days off. You can't go visit on a long weekend or holiday. So I would grab up the money to go see him during spring training, during my spring break. And it was, it was hard. It was really hard to be able to do that. Um, flying from Oregon to Florida, um, which is where he had spring training every year. It's a whole day of travel and I only have a week. So it's two days out of my short week I already have there of just traveling and Luckily, most of the time I was on a break from school and I had finals the week before, so I didn't need to worry about studying or anything like that. And I could just enjoy my time there. But, you know, I had to get if he was not in a place where we could stay together, you know, with roommate, he had roommates or whatever, or he was staying. I think one year he stayed at the whatever it's called, the the dorm through the twins. So I would have to get a hotel and a rental car and um, or an Airbnb. And it just it was hard. It was really hard to do that. And there were definitely times where it would have been easier not to um, financially, but I knew the, you know, the importance of going and seeing him and that, you know, it was always a strain, but we did it. And then he would typically after the season ended in September, October would come out to Oregon for a few weeks. And then I would try to get home for winter break back to Albuquerque and see him then. But we, you know, during that four years, the most we were with each other at one time was probably three or four weeks. That's tough. Yeah. Was there ever a question of, hey, why are we doing this? Like as far as careers or yeah, being together? Like, like apart, apart, Mitchell's in the minor leagues, you're making money, but at the same time also in school. And you guys, because the reason why I think, the reason why I ask is partly because I want to be able to showcase that hey, there's perseverance and there's struggle, but at the same time, it's not, there is hope and and light on the other side, so to speak, for both of you to pursue what you want to be able to do together, though. Like, talk about that. Yeah, no, we never, you know, of course, there was always talk of whether or not it was a good idea or responsible to spend that much money for a short trip or whatever. And, you know, we ended up deciding each time that, yes, it was, it was important that we saw each other. And so we did it and, you know, ended up okay. Uh, it was a little stressful at times, but we made it work just fine. A big, I would say like a very common phrase that we say, I don't know if Mitchell says it as much as I do, but it's only temporary. And there's so much in this life and this lifestyle and it's only temporary. So it's not a forever thing. It's not forever that we're going to be, you know, long distance. It's not forever that I'm going to be in school or that he's going to be in the minors or playing baseball. You know, it's only temporary. All of this stuff is only temporary. And, you know, part of that is, you know, works towards the career itself. It's only temporary. Um, But part of it is knowing like you can get through these, these harder times because it's only temporary. That was and it's I, I find myself still saying the phrase more so with my my baby spitting up on me all the time. But, <laughs> you know, there's so many things that are temp- temporary. You know, a lot of this is not forever. But I think part of that drives, you know, the ambition to to do things that we can make more temporary 
in our life. We control the controllables. I love that. I love that phrase because that, that is true of hard things. And that's also true of success. And what I can commend you guys um, for is, is staying together and staying not just together from like a, hey, yeah, you guys are committed to each other, but also just like staying together and how you approach this. You approach the successes, the failures, family, baseball, that little gamble, but gamble is there. They've got the coolest baby name, by the way, Gamble Garber, right? I, that's my personal favorite. Um, but also just being able just to have that mindset of it is only temporary is massive because it allows you as a family just to ride the ebbs and flows. With that being said, talk a little bit about being a vet. Like what drove you to being a vet? What do you love about it? I'd love to hear everything that you have as Sarah, the veterinarian. Well, I definitely, you know, like most kids who end up being vets, that's what you want to do. I mean, most kids, even that don't become vets, a lot of people just want to be vets when they're little because they love animals and I know you have that case going on in your household right now. <laughs> do my six-year-old wants to be a vet? Yes. So it's—I mean—that's all I ever wanted to do. I didn't really have a backup plan, and so I set my sight on that. And I'm a very, um, as Mitch likes to say, stubborn person. Um, but I think goal-oriented, driven. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> is is better. So I—that's all I wanted to do, and I—I I made it happen, and I didn't let other people's lives influence what I was going to do with my own because I, you know, some people are happy going with the flow and doing what others are doing. And Mitchell's this instance, traveling with him, following him around, doing the whole minor league experience. But I didn't, I didn't want to do that. I wanted my own thing. I wanted to have my own career. And again, there's nothing else I wanted to do. And, and with this lifestyle, we both have this short period where we're able to, I mean, yes, I could go back to school later, but I'm not going to want to go back to school when I'm 30, 35. I want to get it done and out of the way and, and doing what I'm wanting to do. Just like, you know, he's not going to get drafted when he's 30. You know, we have that time where we're able to do these things. And so we need to take advantage of it. And, um, I don't regret it a single day. I love my job. I love what I do. Um, it certainly is hectic at times. And I have had the benefit of being able to work wherever I am. So, you know, when I worked um, in small animal general practice for a few years full time in Albuquerque. And, you know, I, I got to the point where not because I wasn't happy in my job, but I just felt like I would be happier being with my husband and, and being, you know, they experience a lot too. And, you know, with injuries, things like that, you don't realize that they're by themselves a lot. Um, I know like Mitchell got injured in 2018-19 and I happened to be, you know, I already have a trip planned out there for a week. And I, I remember thinking if I wasn't here, he would just be by himself in his apartment a sprained ankle and you know the team's on the road and he doesn't you know you don't have family there you, you don't really have friends per se because it's not your home city and that kind of made me sad you know that you just and that happens I mean a lot of the kids and when they come home from the field or they have an off day yeah they can hang out with the team or whatever but sometimes they want to break from each other and you know and then they don't have people there and 
that to me was, you know, okay, I, I would like to be there, but I'd like to be there for myself too. You know, I'd like to experience the fun of, of traveling and seeing different stadiums and things like that. So I made the decision in 2019, I took the whole month of October off hoping, you know, we'd get to the world series, whatever, you know, have prepared. Cause I didn't want to leave my job hanging to like being like, Oh, nope. I need another week off. I need another week off. As it went, I was just like, I need the entirety of the week off. And at that time too, I went to a more part-time position so that I could travel more just so I had the flexibility to be able to see him a little more. And then 2020 before COVID, I had decided that I was going to travel full-time with him. So I got my license in Minnesota. I had a job set up and then of course COVID happened. Um, Luckily I was still able to work and I found a great clinic there with great people worked there. And that was another time I was very thankful to have been there because I can't imagine what he would have done if he was just sitting there by himself. And we were in Minnesota the whole time, you know, prepared for whatever day the season decided to start. So I can't imagine, you know, not being there. And I'm thankful I am. So ended up traveling, but not because of country shutting down. And then 2021, (laughs) (laughs) I was going to travel again, but then I was pregnant. So I had to kind of put that on the back burner. So you were shut down. Yeah. I was shut down. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So, and then we moved to Colorado. I have my license there as well. I practiced a little bit, but with a baby, I was, you know, doing very part-time stuff. And since then I have now worked with my clinic back in New Mexico and we're doing remote. Um, so I'm doing some virtual stuff, doing a lot of phone calls, things like that, which a lot of people are like, how do you do remote work as a vet? It's possible. And honestly, I'd like to thank COVID for that because I think without COVID, we wouldn't have been able to expand in many, I mean, in many people's jobs expand and realize that, you know, there are capabilities of doing a lot of work from home. So I'm doing that currently from Texas and it's great. And I'm debating whether or not to get my license here in Texas, but I don't, I don't know if I want four licenses. I don't even know the requirements to keep up with. Maybe there's continuing ed. Maybe there's annual filing. Continuing like, education. Yeah. I have to keep up. I mean, every state's different. I have a DEA license, which encompasses all states. So I don't have to get that in every state. Some states require a pharmacy license separately. Some don't. So I have to keep up with all of that. Yeah just the minutia not why you were a vet right you didn't want to you want to work with animals and help them and help families with animals right um i love hearing the passion even just like listening to you of walking through your life of okay covid hit okay and mitch also had a very successful 2019 year that you conveniently glossed over which i'll i'll, I'll reiterate like mitchell won the mitchell won the silver slugger award right he Mitchell played himself into prospect level, which then played himself into making the team, which played himself into just becoming one of the best catchers in the game currently right now. And it wasn't supposed to happen like that, but Mitchell worked hard to be able to get to where he is at. And yet at the same time, you were working like equally as hard at your profession throughout your family moving all over the country throughout now being traded through through your own personal move from New Mexico to Colorado 
given that, I want to know why you why you continue to work because you guys have been blessed on all levels of call it resources, right? But there's a purpose and there's a meaning as to why you work. Talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a pretty has you know a lot of different reasons, different answers. The big and easiest answer is that I enjoy working and I enjoy what I do. Certainly, I enjoy practicing in person, hands on more so than um, working from home. But I'm very thankful to be able to do this right now. You know, in the situation I'm in, I have a baby I'm taking care of. It keeps my mind fresh. I just want to be doing that. And, you know, I put a lot into my school and my career and I want to make sure that I'm keeping up with that. Not, not because I, I did it, but I want to, it's kind of a, you know, internal conflict a little there, but another, you know, big part is, is that keeping my mind fresh, you know, certainly I could take a few years off, raise my child, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but like I tell people, <laughs> being a vet is my easier job than being a mom. I mean, it's being a mom is, is a lot of work. And so I like going to my easier job. And in order to do that, I feel like I need to keep my mind fresh and keep it going and continue to work versus taking a few years off. I feel like I'd get rusty and I just don't want to do that. But I want to be able to work long term and and another big part of that and another big driver, you know, behind that beyond that's what I want to do. What I've always wanted to do is that we don't, you know, in Mitchell's career, we don't have a guarantee that he's going to be playing tomorrow. You know, so many things could happen, injury, illness, pandemics. There's, you know, someone working their way up the line to take your spot. There's always something and it feels great having security in my job and knowing, you know, if he were done with baseball tomorrow, yeah, I'd be sad because it's a, you know, his dream and his dream's done. But as far as like the financial side of it, we would be okay. And I have my career and I have the ability to, if I wanted to go back full time, do that and be the the bread breadwinner of the family. Yeah. A lot of things. Thank you for sharing, Sarah. Biggest thing that I hear in terms of just what you said was its purpose. It actually, I can, you didn't say this, but I think we can make this assumption is what you were getting at. It makes you a better spouse. It makes you a better mom. It makes you a better Sarah Garver. I mean, I have four boys of my own. My wife does not work. And I'm not saying that that's, it's not a one size fits all approach. It's more or less figure out what works for your family. Figure out how you guys can envision the life that you guys want to achieve to be able to achieve the priorities you want to achieve. And being a veterinarian, it doesn't matter what you what you do, right? It could be it could be just being a mom. I don't want to say just a mom because it is a yeah, very no, difficult. Just a yeah, mom. it is not. Yeah, Kelsey's working actually, twenty jobs a day. Correct, with four different little little tykes that are have their own agendas. And she actually got chewed out one time by a grandma at our church because she called herself just a mom. And the grandma was like, no, you are not just a mom. mom." Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was amazing. So we actually say she's the lion tamer now, but that's a sort for a different time. Yeah. Um, But you could be a mom. You could be a veterinarian. You could be in finance. You could be an attorney. You could be, (laughs) you could be whatever brings you purpose and what actually ends up helping others. From that standpoint, that's the goal. 
right? You want to be able to help fur babies, so to speak. You have a passion for that. You have, you, you know, the joy that a dog or a cat can bring a family and the pain when they leave. So you want to make sure that that is theoretically optimized for the family. I mean, just to quote previous conversations that we've had. So yeah, I just want to commend you and highlight that because you don't necessarily need to work. You're choosing to work because it's for the betterment of your family and for others. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't, I don't know. I could not not work child or not. I enjoy being very busy and, you know, the baseball life, even with traveling there, I mean, Mitchell's gone to the field from two, you know, if he has a seven, six, seven game, he's gone two till 11 at night. Like, what do you do in that time? If you're not at the game, you can find things to do. Certainly. Um, I like to fill my time and, and I'm lucky to, to be able to work because I, I enjoy doing that and I'm filling time at the same time. So, yeah, I love it. Given that, what there's going to be a lot of wives out there in the baseball world that are trying to manage their work alongside their husband playing this game, whether they're in the minor leagues, whether they're in the big leagues or somewhere in between, right? What advice would you have for wives going through that, for their feelings, their emotions, their dreams, their visions? Yeah, just talk about what you've learned and what you maybe wish you knew back then. I guess my advice would be, I mean, do it. If it's something you want to do, there's no reason, especially not baseball. Baseball should never be the reason that you shouldn't pursue it or be able to. And, you know, again, four years ago, three years ago, I never thought I'd be working at home as a vet. And here I am. And, you know, you can make these things happen. If if that's something you really want to do, you can find people to work with you and, and make it happen. And, Again, it goes back to that it's only temporary, and that's a lot. In this case, you know, me working from home, it's only temporary. And again, baseball is only temporary. It's good to, you know, get your foot in the door with those things you are wanting to do because baseball is done next year. You have your path, and you're able to continue forth with that. Nothing wrong with starting your path later, you know, if you waited for baseball to be done, but it's nice having the security that you already have you know, this path to go on, you already have your foot in the door to continue with whatever you're already, you've already been doing. And again, COVID sucked. Yes, but it's really opened up so many opportunities, especially in our crazy lifestyle of traveling and, and whatever to be able to do so much more on the road or from home or in different states. You don't necessarily need to be in an office in a city all the time. You know, there's so much more opportunity now to to work and do whatever, you know, from home or from the hotel in New York or wherever, you know, it's it's not like you don't have to be stuck in one city anymore, which is nice. Love it. Sounds like three things summarizing in, in, in closing is be flexible, be willing to work if that's what you want to do, and then also just get on the same page with what your family wants to be accomplishing, right? What are your priorities? What do you want? And it's not so much as like, hey, if you want to work, make sure you make time for it, but also define if you want to work as well with what works for your individual family. Fair? Yeah. Fair. 
Well, Sarah, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for taking the time to, yeah, just provide help, guidance, coaching for other wives that may be going through or significant others that may be going through what you've already done. And uh, kudos to you and Mitch. And we look forward to seeing your continued success even after baseball because it is only temporary, right? That is the moral of this story. That's right. It is only temporary. That's right. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. The information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision.